0: Um, actually let me read it aloud because I'm really bad at, uh, <laughs> I'm really bad at re-describing something I just read, which is literally my fucking job on this podcast. <laughs> my type is miserable old men, poor little meow-meows if you will, I'm a connoisseur, a collector. Each day I acquire a new miserable old man and I sexualize him. <laughs> yeah, it's true, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast. Yes, yeah. <laughs>
1: This is Brent Barricade's LAMOS podcast, my name is Nemo Martin, I use them pronouns, I am your host, and this week has been a very, a very intense emotions week. (laughs) (laughs) My podcast came out, which was great and fun and cool and everything is going great, it is going great, I just have anxiety. And then we spent loads of money on uh, airplane tickets for the first time in. A very long time, and now I feel like my life is. Oh, and I submitted the first draft of my PhD, oh, wow. so and d- I had a deadline for a play, so really everything is just like, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a lot of emotion in, in this in this body. <laughs>
0: wow, we re- we truly did it to you, Nemo. <laughs> you had enough going on, and it was like, anyway, I'm having a breakdown, so you need to get involved in it, Nemo. <laughs> uh this is stevie she they pronouns what feels topical is that i read another post on tumblr that i'm now <laughs> gonna have to try and re-describe that was like basically boiled down to you're not really an alpha male if you don't have like a fanny pack of like crackers and drink <laughs> for the girlies and for your for your lads and like anything you could possibly need and then people being like, oh, wait, as a mom friend, I've been the alpha the whole time. And I was like, wow, this makes so much sense. Like, I feel like I used to be more that. (laughs) But now that I'm an old person and I'm not a mom friend, I'm a grandma friend who's just like bitter. Um, But you very much, Nemo, are like with your fanny pack ready with treats and snacks. And LX tape to fix
1: anything
0: and some pens
1: and some gum.
0: And that we're all like, Oh no, I'm so small and afraid and full of anxiety. Oh, you're small and afraid and full of anxiety? Well, I will now step up and do this for you. Because I'm doing this for you, I can now do the thing.
1: Yes, yes, exactly. Yes, I get all of my power from other people's anxiety.
0: Yeah, I can now do things because I need to do it for Sarah. I need to do this for Nemo. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And you needed to do it for me and Sarah. (laughs) So, in, like, a couple months' time, look forward to hearing us record in Australia. Like, surely we have to do some abroad podcasting, right? (laughs) Hell yeah, hell yeah. From the airplane.
1: Oh my god, from hour 16.
0: (laughs) We will not be any less coherent than we are normally. Uh, I wish that any of that was, like, thematically relevant.
1: And anyway, that time that Javert... Took flight. <laughs> uh, I can't remember where we were. We were mm. in Rue Plumet. Yeah. 55.
0: Well, actually, because that's gonna be taking flight. Great. So that kind of works. And then I like Jean Valjean's kind of actually not giving me alpha male <laughs> mom friend behavior. So in some of these, a bit disappointed, but. Well, let's see when we get there. Even though I just read them, sometimes in the action of reading it to you in the podcast, I get completely new meaning out of it. Hell yeah. So, we are still in that garden that surrounds the house that Cosette, Jean Valjean, and Toussaint, their maid, yeah, are living in, and the last what chapter was very like Hugo's kind of getting a bit not quite existential about the garden but the like everything is connected to everything mm. God's in there it's the like, it's the gnat the is the whole zodiac when you think about it that <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. if he had like Depending on what voice Hugo would have read it out as, I could very much imagine that he was really high and he was like, this is so profound. (laughs) (laughs) And then you listen back the next day and you're like, what am I talking about? Yeah, yeah. So today's garden is unfortunately written by Victor Hugo. Hmm. (laughs) Um, Well, some some of it's funny, but yeah, okay, here we go. So this garden was originally created to conceal... Dissolute secrets, Mm. but now it's transformed and adapted to protect chaste secrets. Uh, Right. So it's no longer the chad, sexy (laughs) garden. Now it's (laughs) the it's the virgin (laughs) garden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flirtatious garden was restored to virginity and to modesty. Let me guess, is there a reference to Adam and Eve in here somewhere? Oh, don't worry. <laughs> Pathos has turned into Eden. Uh-huh, yeah. Some suggestion of repentance had purified the retreat. Mm-hmm. So Marius is Jesus again as well. uh Oh. <laughs> nature has reclaimed this garden, which has... Well, but the garden was always nature. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, now it's no longer about getting it and now it's arranged for love it um if hugo lived in 2022
1: he'd have one of those long twitter threads about like how you should be rewilding your lawn and but also making it like an adam and eve
0: thing (laughs) i feel like well maybe this is just my brain something about the like rewild your lawn and like just let nature be wild and free Mm. isn't that a bit sexier than um <laughs> you know your conservative no-nonsense mowed lawn but then he ought- he does want you to be very chaste about it
1: yeah yeah well i mean because because in my mind the like you know very cultivated flower garden doesn't i mean i guess you could roll around <laughs> <laughs> in it more, whereas like the long, the lo- one of the things in like the Twitter threads, or maybe it was on Tumblr, was about getting ticks all over you mm. because of the long like the grass, grass and stuff. You don't really want to be fucking someone and then have ticks all over yeah. you. Yeah,
0: but then the long grass conceals you.
1: That's what I yeah, and uh, cause concealed don't conceal do feel. Mm. Um, <laughs> mm.
0: <laughs> this isn't a problem for us to solve, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just know that this garden is wild it's free but it is chaste. yeah and it's kind of like the perfect place for a heart ready for love to flourish in Mm. now that it is arranged for love
1: a heart full of love one could say
0: (laughs) is that a line (laughs)
1: Yeah,
0: heart full of love.
1: Yeah, it's that. That's <laughs> the you. song that she sings in this garden.
0: Okay, great. I need I need you to let me know when we hit those. Yeah. So, Cosette had emerged from the convent, still a child, almost. hmm A little over 14, she was that awkward age.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, as we've already mentioned, quite plain looking. None of her features are ugly. She's just gawky and skinny and shy and bold. In short, a big little girl. Yeah. But, and so she was like getting a bit of an education in the convent, which you can feel Victor Hugo's like, we kind of got this when he went off on convents for a bit. But I feel like at that point, you know, when it was like, here's Victor Hugo saying he hates convents. Mm. But he was being so careful and then kind of was like, well, maybe actually it's okay. Mm. I can't quite remember the exact like conclusion we came to on that.
1: I feel like he, he came down on it because that's one of the ones that he was using the s- slavery thing mm. about. True. So I, he, he I, I seem to remember it being very like, it's death. It, the death of women is going into a conflict. Yeah,
0: there was definitely a lot of that.
1: Yeah then it then it did go into the like because religion needs to be dewormed. And it's actually mm. the catholicism or the 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 institution rather than the christianity.
0: Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. And that he was like I kind of have to respect them or something. I feel like there was a bit of yeah, bias. Yeah. This is kind of how a lot of his where I'm like here's a big essay section but Hugo says he's going to hate this thing but you kind of come out of it and you're like did he though? Like he yeah. did a, he hates these things a bit. he hates this Monica bit, but he's so like, well, but you know, I've got to give him this. <laughs> um, well, so at least in this talking about the education that she got that is like, mm. well, she's been taught religion and devotion, most of all devotion, um, then history in quotation marks. <laughs> okay, um, That is to say, what is so-called history in the convent nice (laughs) that's like
1: uh uh uh, that's how someone on twitter would phrase
0: it (laughs) literally (laughs) so he's like she's learned a bit like she got a bit of geography a little bit of the kings of france a bit of music a tiny bit of how to draw a face but apart from that she literally knows nothing so like (laughs) what is your convent education (laughs) Mm. she should be learning things like
1: some history but the history that i want little girls to be reading
0: <laughs> the battle and... of waterloo of course
1: <laughs> i did read one thing in that voltaire book <laughs> um that was like and i don't think that hugo um believed this um because he 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 did want people to be more educated but um girls of um Emily de Chatelier's, like level had to be educated they didn't want the girls to be educated at all but had to be educated at least on like names of historical people so that and this was like one of the lines that i think i remember which was like just so that they could distinguish between an ancient greek and a modern chinese um and i was like oh yeah that's an interesting thing because i guess if you're not educated in any kind of, like, geography or language or anything, you're not even going to recognise the difference between two names that come from different mm. cultures.
0: Okay. Ah, oh, interesting. So I guess she's got a little bit of that. Oh, Cosette. Mm. But Hugo feels she should be gently and discreetly enlightened, <laughs> rather by the reflection of realities than by their direct, harsh glare. Oh, and that, uh, to continue his metaphor... An effective and graciously austere half-life that dissipates childish fears and prevents falls and only maternal instinct... (laughs) Yeah, of course. ...is capable of this half-life and what that should consist of. There is no substitute for this instinct. In the shaping of a young girl's spirit, all the nuns in in the world are not equal to a mother. (laughs)
1: Uh-huh. God, Hugo, <laughs> but it, yeah, it's interesting because I know the line that's coming up, uh, and and because uh, it's stuff that I've talked about quite a lot, so I guess we'll talk about it when mm. we get to it. But that line, "there's no substitute for a mother," and like basically implying that like motherhood is ingrained in little girls. Mm. Um, and that it can't come from anywhere else, and it's like Hugo, you're literally about to describe Jean Valjean <laughs> as being, because that's mom, <laughs> um, and he does like for a few caveats in there, yeah, um, but 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 like, it, it, it's not like it. I don't know. Hugo is, I mean, Valjean Freudian slip. Valjean is one of Hugo's OCS, and like he must to some level, Hugo must to some level want. To be seen as a mother or to have mothering traits. Oh, what was something that I... Is it a thing in Catholicism that um, the Holy Spirit is like gendered
0: female? Uh, it's kind of like... I, I always thought of it as just like gender neutral.
1: Someone was saying that, like, something in Catholicism was, like, indicative of, like, a mother. So so being being God, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus is, like, having all, like, feminine traits as well as, like, far- fatherly traits.
0: I would buy it, though. I wouldn't be surprised. Mm. Yeah, he's like, so, anyway, you basically have to have a mom to really teach a little girl. But anyway, <laughs> Cosette doesn't have a mom. Yeah. But Jean Valjean Mm. certainly had within himself uh, at the same time every fondness and every tender care. (laughs) But he has... (laughs) I thought this was getting into the bit that we both thought it was. But first he's like, okay, no, so you've got to have a mom because that has no mom. She's got a Jean Valjean. Yeah. But while he has within himself every fondness and every tender care, he was only an old man who knew nothing at all.
1: <laughs> Which, in some ways...
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, just, like, dunk on him, though. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's very um channeling teenage girl. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, in preparing a woman for life, what knowledge is needed to combat the vast ignorance called innocence? <laughs> uh, yeah. And then he does get into some stuff that I'm like, yeah, Hugo, I do have to agree. But he was like, there's nothing like the convent for priming a young girl for passion. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> having gone to a Catholic school surrounded by little Catholic teens, they were the ones like going off. <laughs> You've got yeah. so much to rebel against, whereas I had like barely anything to rebel against. So I just like was like, I don't need to do this stuff. But some of my friends, I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs>
1: Yeah, my mom teaches at a Catholic all-girls school, and, like, because my school was, like, right next door, there was, like, um, a competition, but it was, like, watching those Catholic school girls, it was, like, we were all, like, in our grammar school, just, like, oh, my God, you don't have to do that. (laughs) What are you doing? Girls, are you okay? Yeah, and because they had, like, because their skirts had to come down, like, well ours did too but like past the knee but like really far down but they also had to have these like socks that came up above their knee and their socks were in like a um, a snotty greeny yellow and then their skirts were in a like like a pukey green and yellow like it was a tartan like kilt and then their jumpers were like a Pukey kind of color, and it was like they would try and like make themselves sexy after school, and like obviously like roll their skirts and like try and make it look really hot. And it was like, guys,
0: <laughs> you're you're working with nothing. Yeah, all power to you, but <laughs> yeah, our school was very much the same. So yeah, that he goes like, well. Because the mind is directing so much towards the unknown, retreating into itself, the heart, unable to reach reach out, delves within, and hence fantasies, assumptions, conjectures, um, half-imagined romances hoped for intrigues. Oh my God. But it's just like, yeah. uh, The convent is a repression that must be lifelong if it is to triumph over the human heart. So it's basically like, look, if you get out, too early like (laughs) you're just gonna go wild which yeah uh my experience has been quite accurate obviously not for everyone but
1: (laughs) it it must also be that thing where it's like you know you you can't like unless you have someone teaching you really what (sighs) I don't know I, I contradicted myself immediately like how to be a human being if they're, like, literally saying you can't masturbate or you can't, like, have thoughts about a human being. If they've never seen a boy apart from, like, you know, Fauchelavant and um his brother, quote-unquote, <laughs> like, they don't see men, then they don't even know how to picture men apart from Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you're looking at this, like, half-naked, almost fully naked Man on the cross, that's the only man you're looking at. Like, yeah. you're going to have some thoughts.
1: <laughs> they are technically, they, they say that they're married to Jesus, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when you're getting mm. confirmed. So it's all okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Cosette's left the convent early, age 14. She couldn't have found anything more pleasant or more dangerous than the house in Rue Because So it's a continuation of her, the solitude that she's used to from the convent but the beginnings of freedom. So she's got this enclosed garden, but nature here is very aggressive and exuberant and voluptuous.
1: Oh my God.
0: <laughs> so she's the same sort of daydreams you'd have been having in the convent, except now through the gate, she's getting little glimpses of actual young men. Mm. So this garden, Jean Valjean's like, that you do what you like with it, whatever like amuses you. And she loves this garden when she's very young. She just goes, like, hunting for little creatures in there and coming up with little daydreams. She'll look at the stars while she's in there. Mm. And then besides the garden, she loves her father. That is to say, Jean Valjean. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Her dad's Jean Valjean.
0: <laughs> Didn't know. Plot twist. <laughs> uh, with an innocent, faithful passion that made the old man a cherished and delighted companion to her. And because he, he is Hugo's beloved Blobo, mm. he's like, remember that Miss Young Madeline used to read a lot and mm. Jean Valjean continues to read a lot. So he is a great conversationalist. He's got <laughs> like the hidden riches and eloquence of a truthful and humble mind. And there's no topic that he can't go off on, basically. Mm. He's read so much, he would give long explanations of everything, drawing on what he'd read and also what he'd suffered. Autistic king. (laughs) Which (laughs) is all just just like, I love it. It's so fair. Yes, Jean Bourjean. But I just do love to imagine that that was the tone of voice that he goes like, he's great. Don't forget (laughs) it. (laughs)
1: yeah i do like as well that like that is one thing that Valve shippers put in pretty much every f- fanfic it's just like jean valjean and javert reading and liking reading and liking having conversations and it's like mm, yeah we're all blubber. we all love this blubber. we all love to fetishize an old man yep. having opinions yeah true. But good opinions <laughs>
0: I can't rag on Hugo when we're out here doing it too.
1: Yeah. He sure did make a, a relatable
0: guy. A guy that we can all get behind. <laughs> yep. This guy read books. <laughs> Good chat. He can answer the needs of Cosette's intellect um, mm. just as the Garden Run wild, answered to the needs of her games. And like he just he loves it. He's loving this life. He'd give her a little kiss on the forehead when she'd like run up to him and be like, "Oh, I've been running in the garden." <laughs> mm. um, and she adores the old man. She always just wants to like follow him around on his heels, like wherever he's going. Like he's done up the house so mm. nicely for her, and he's like, "No, no, no, no I live in this little shed,"
1: mm.
0: and she'll be like affectionately scolding him, like, Father, it's very cold in your shed. You should put a carpet in. Or, like, why don't you have a stove? And he's like, oh, no, my dear child. There are people more deserving than I am. And she's like, well, then why do I have a fire and every other comfort and you don't? Well, because you're a woman and a child. And she's like, pa, so men must be cold and uncomfortable. (laughs) And men. And it's very much that, like, a man will do X (laughs) <laughs> insane thing for him like put himself in this miserable situation instead of going to therapy. Yeah.
1: It's also she's also like on a level of feminism where she's like, you know, it's not feminist to hate men and want men to Yeah like suffer all the time.
0: Yeah, because it's out here like, well, if you're gonna be living like this, I'm gonna visit you so much that hmm. you're gonna end up getting a carpet and putting the stove on anyway. And then she's like, Father, why do you eat such nasty bread? <laughs> <laughs> it's this like black bread of mm. questionable origin. <laughs> and he's like, oh, because. And she's like, well, if you eat it, I'm going to eat it. And for that reason, Jean Valjean starts eating white bread. I
1: do enjoy, if this show was set in 2022... That on this table, Jean Valjean would be eating the whitest bread possible, uh, because it's like the really bleached, like mm, technically wonder bread. Yeah, and because that would be eating her like homemade, not home <laughs> like
0: uh,
1: artisan charcoal bread, <laughs>
0: <laughs> farmhouse nut loaf. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. How the tables table. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And I know that like black bread isn't the same, yeah. You know the health benefits mm. and all of that kind of stuff. But yeah, it is just a funny image. Yeah,
0: because that is just like when we did the Christmas special and we discussed how she would trick Jean Valjean into getting Christmas presents mm. for himself and also for his husband Javert. Mm. Um, we like we already knew our gal. She was already or- we already yeah. had her being up to these tricks of like, well. It would just please me so much if you would just go on this cute date with Robert to <laughs> get yourself nice things. And she's out here she... doing it. That was canon.
1: She's she's doing the um the thing that we were talking about at the beginning, but on purpose. The um <laughs> I have so much anxiety if if some big strong person could uh, uh, make this telephone call, it would really
0: make my life easier. If only this room had a fire in it. <laughs> I'm so cold <laughs> <laughs> for everyone to enjoy. <laughs> yeah, we love it. So because at this point, she kind of only dimly remembers her early childhood. like the Tanardier are more of this like distant dream kind of mm. vibes. she the way she sort of sees her own childhood uh, is that she started out living in a chasm, and that mm. Jean Valjean pulled her out of it.
1: Hmm. Yeah, she loves it Ed. God, it just makes me so angry at Marius in, in advance. <laughs> ah.
0: <laughs> Went and
1: ruined it. They um, could have had it all. They could have just it could have just been like this forever.
0: Yeah. But as we're going to learn real soon, like, she wanted that silly boy. But right now she doesn't. Right now Mm. she's still 14, I guess. And, yeah, she's very happy being jean Valjean's daughter. And she imagines that her mother's soul had entered the old man in order to stay close to her. Yeah. And she'll, like, lean against him with her cheek against his white hair and shed a little tear and say to herself, this man could be my mother. He is!
1: <sighs> he is! Uh, yeah, I, I, I've made reference to that line mm. quite a lot. I really like it. I just think it's so... I wish adaptations would let things like that happen
0: in them. Yeah. Just give it a little bit of space.
1: Mm.
0: <laughs> then, like, mm, he, he, I guess it, it's hard, Jean Valjean, that, <laughs> so Cosette doesn't know that much about her actual mother, mm. like she doesn't even know her name, but I was like, What Jean Valjean? Mm. Um, and whenever she asks him, he stays silent. And then if she asks again, then he'll smile. But the one time she insisted, he just started crying. We were like, oh, Okay. <laughs> well, I <was> like, Fucking <laughs> tell her about her mom. And they were like, Okay, I guess you're in a hot spot. <laughs> And this is kind of because Jean Valjean has shrouded Fantine in darkness. Is it caution? Is it respect? And that the way he sees it, like he would tell Cosette about Fantine, well, about her mom, when she was young. But now that she's a young woman, it's just become impossible for him. Mm. And he doesn't even know if it's like... Is it because of Cosette? Is it because of Fontaine? He gets this kind of religious horror at allowing the shadow Fontaine to enter Cosette's mind, mm. and that he's like, is it because all the like modesty that Fontaine had kind of had violently taken from her mm. in life has returned like outraged after her death to kind of like protect. Fontaine's mm. spirit so that like she can't be invoked like just let her rest and is that what's influencing Jean Valjean I don't know
1: yeah it's an interesting one because like with Arras, where you know when he was like debating whether he was gonna go and like tell his name and stuff like that and what he ended up doing was doing the one where it was like well I'll not lie about myself, and if it fucks other people over, then I can't really help that, but, you know. Um, it's doing the right thing, and but with Fontaine's legacy, he can't, obviously, like, yeah, what do you do with that? Do you protect it? Do you speak up for Cosette's sake? What do you do?
0: Mm. Yeah, because... When I was first reading it, at least the first bits of it, it was like, oh, if she's asking, mm. she like deserves to know about her mom. Mm. But you are a repressed, old timey guy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I guess I can't f- expect you to have to deal with that, I guess. And is it better
1: knowing nothing than just bits and pieces? like? Mm. Because part of me was like, well, you don't have to say, you know, everything in order to give Cosette what she needs wants Mm. from that. But I guess if you don't say anything, then...
0: An impossible situation, I guess. Like, I guess I would, with my modern sensibilities, I'm like, she asked, so you should tell her. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. But I guess he's... I think he knows that it's a couple different things. Like, he doesn't quite know that it's one reason why he can't speak about it.
1: I mean, there's also going to be the fear that Cosette will take it and be like, oh, I hate you.
0: Yeah, (laughs) his number one fear. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then one day Cosette, Says to him, like, Oh, I saw my mother in a dream and she had two big wings. She must have come close to saintliness in her life. Mm. And Jean Valjean's like, Oh, through martyrdom. <laughs> but apart from all that, Jean Valjean's very happy. <laughs> <laughs> and when she goes out with him, she's leaning on his arm and proud and she's happy as well. Like, his spirit is just full of delight. He's got an overwhelming angelic joy. And he's like, oh, maybe it'll be like this for the rest of my life. (laughs) And Uh. he thanks God in the depth of his soul for having allowed this miserable wretch um, that it was to be so loved by this innocent creature. Mm. Anyway, next chapter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: There's no sweeter foreshadowing than that.
0: (laughs) Than a happy character, not at the end of the book, destined to die.
1: That's where you're like, and that's the end of Les yep.
0: They're both very happy in their garden. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, one day, because that looks in a mirror. Oh no. She's This like, rose
1: becomes a war machine.
0: Yeah, oh my god. You... <laughs> 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 that is the chapter title. Well done. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, she's realised that she's pretty. And this is very, like at first she's like, oh... She's never really thought about her face that much, and she's also mm. been told she's been that she's plain her whole life. Yeah, except for Jean Valjean, who's always like, "No, no," and she's always been <laughs> like, "Well, he, of course he says that," but then she's like, "Oh no, what? Maybe he was telling the truth this whole time," mm. and she doesn't sleep that night because she's just like thinking about it. That she's like, "Oh my god, what if I'm pretty? Mm. How weird would that be?" <laughs> and then, so the next morning, she looks in the mirror on purpose this time. Mm. And she's like, mm, no, like, I'm, I think I'm, I'm plain. Mm. I've slept bad. I've got these rings under my eyes, and she's quite pale. Mm. And she hadn't felt very happy the day before at the thought of being beautiful. Mm. But she is sad now that she's like, oh, I'm not. Oh, okay. So she goes about life, and they'll be like walking around, and she'll maybe hear someone be like oh what a pretty woman but so badly dressed yeah <laughs> and she'll be like well that can't be me i'm ugly and also i'm very well dressed <laughs> <laughs> yeah and this is when she's still wearing her little um uniform mm. like that kind of thing will happen like sure, will overhear these sort of conversations and be like oh it can't be about me but then she hears Toussaint being like monsieur uh to Jean Valjean and uh, mm. monsieur have you noticed how pretty she's becoming <laughs> And and like, John oh.
1: like shit, fuck, shit,
0: fuck. <laughs> literally. Oh my god. <laughs> um. So Cosette runs up and looks in the mirror again. and Is like, oh my god, and she's dazzled by herself. Yeah. And it's literally like the chapter. This chapter is in two halves. Mm. That Cosette will be like, oh my god, I'm beautiful. I. You can see how much joy I'm full of, and. <laughs> Hugo, her figure had filled out, her complexion glowed, her hair shone, and unfamiliar brilliance lit up their eyes. But, I, well, like, I'm happy for her mm. as well, though. Like, it's hard. It's whenever you're like, this is written by this dirty old man, <laughs> where you're like, oh, is that? I'm really happy that you're, like, really feeling yourself. Yeah. And she's like, well, if, uh, you know, if other people have noticed that I'm pretty now, like, it must be true. It's not just me being, like, wow. Mm. Um, so she goes back down to the garden, thinking herself a queen. And yeah, it's just really happy. Jean Beauchamp, meanwhile, is like, oh god, oh shit.
1: I was so happy that she was butt ugly.
0: <laughs> Literally, he's got a deep and indefinable pang in his heart. And he's like, she's only just noticed that she's beautiful. Mm. But he's been noticing it happening for a while, and the whole time he's been like, No! <laughs> It's dismal for him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, He's he noticed, like, from the first day that he was like, oh, this means things are going to change. And he fears change so much because he's like, change means that things are going to get bad. Yeah. Oh, God. he <laughs> have got so much PTSD. <laughs> so much.
1: Been, you can't even, like, touch him without trauma falling out.
0: <laughs> like, he survived... You know people just being like awful to him, and he's almost he's almost been wicked himself, and then he was almost a saint. He had to drag the chains of a convicted felon and now dragging the chains of perpetual infamy. The Lord didn't want to release him at any moment he could be dragged back to jail, mm. and he's accepted all that like he's like, whatever, okay, I've excused it all, forgave it all. Just give me this one thing, man, okay? (laughs) Just, like, this one thing. Just, I just need Cosette to love me, please. Yeah. This, yeah. Oh, there's some good lines in here. It's like, you know, being loved by Cosette, that makes him happy. If God was like, do you want to come to heaven, bro? Mm. He'd have been like, nah, I'd be worse off there. Yeah. So he's just like, anything affecting that? He's like, no! (laughs) And, you know, he's never had much idea about a woman's beauty, but he (laughs) hasn't. He knows instinctively that it's terrible.
1: Yeah. This is a gay ace man who's just (laughs) like, oh, Jesus. Oh, God.
0: This can't mean anything, kid.
1: Yeah.
0: I was surprised that Hugo was like, so, Jean Valjean, out of the depths of his ugliness and his old age and his misery Mm. be like yeah i get those other ones but i feel like he's always going out of his way to be like oh there's just something about this old man
1: (laughs) he is a duff he he may have trauma but he is a enough
0: yeah so surprised to see him be described you know as ugly
1: well probably only to contrast E- even mm. more
0: right or maybe like cosette he is also like i'm so plain yeah 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 yeah,
1: uh, yeah that's it he's like <laughs> i'm such an ugly unwanted old man with such a stunning beautiful daughter nobody could possibly even want to talk
0: to me and then cosette's gonna be like no father like look in the mirror how i just looked in this mirror changed my whole life we're gonna change your whole life <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
1: She's like, look in this mirror and think about Javert. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And he
0: glows. (laughs) (laughs) Well, sadly, that's just in our version. Yeah, He's right now, he's just in those circles of like, oh, she's so beautiful, what's going to happen to me? And herein lay the difference between his love and a mother's love. Yeah. What he saw with anguish, a mother would have seen with joy. So I guess Hugo was like, no, Nemo. Sis (laughs) Sis, <laughs> Jean Valjean. <laughs> <laughs> but um, oh my God, The Great Gatsby.
1: What's her name? Where she looks at the baby,
0: and, Daisy.
1: Yeah, and doesn't she say something like, "I hope you grow up to be an idiot," <laughs> <laughs> Some, something like that.
0: Something like that.
1: Yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, I just I mean, would a woman in this time period want her daughter to be? beautiful
0: you'd want them to get a good match that's true i guess maybe depending on your social standing
1: yeah you wouldn't want them to be like i don't know i feel like if i if i was lived in the 19th century and i had a daughter i'd be like please for the love of god make them plain (laughs) make them just (laughs) be a jumbo (laughs)
0: that's
1: true yeah that is true oh no i'm not fit to be a mother (laughs)
0: <laughs> and then also like they're they're definitely definitely already in Hugo's time. Like there's so many stories of mothers actually getting jealous of like their daughters doing well yeah. or being more beautiful than they were. So you're like, Well, this is according to Victor Hugo. Yeah. this uh bars jean valjean from being a mother but we know that it's no you can be a mom this is pretty much
1: the only time though that he does make the caveat of like jean valjean is like not fully the mother like every other time he it doesn't come up it isn't Mm. like contradicted
0: so something about beauty yeah (laughs) he's the well he's he's not for the same reasons, but like the stepmother.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like in
0: in um like Snow White, but he doesn't want to steal the beauty. Well, he kinda does want to steal the beauty for yeah. himself. He does. Mm. He's like, I wish that you would not be so beautiful, actually. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm. There's still time for you to write a whole nother chapter in your PhD. <laughs>
1: There is, there is. I mean, I managed to get it down to nearly a hundred thousand, so <laughs> can't add more chapters now. No. Oh yeah, that's what I was gonna raise. It is kind of interesting. So, so with Gazette, because you were saying that it's kind of it. You know, we always have to balance it with like, oh, it's really cool that Cosette is feeling herself, and like, you know, she she's looking good because she's feeling good. Also, an old man wrote this. Um, Mm. That one of the things that I did look at in my PhD was like when how fanfic have treated Cosette, and there was a really nice one where both Cosette, I think both Cosette and Eponine were trans. Cosette was definitely a trans woman, and like how her beauty was treated. And how her, like, coming into herself was treated was really nice to see. And it wasn't that much different from the novel, actually, which is why I compared it. It was very, very similar. And it was, unfortunately, something that I did have to cut out (laughs) from my PhD. But, yeah, kind of the argument was, like, it's really, it would be really nice to see an adaptation that treated a trans cosette's beauty as something that she had to see for herself in order for it to have worth Um, and that is where my PhD started decidedly I am beautiful is what Cosette says and her description of herself her decision that she is beautiful is what makes her beautiful rather than like all these people on the street being like oh she's hot Um, which I just found a very like it relates to like self-ID rather than like being diagnosed as trans
0: oh that's nice
1: yeah Yeah, eventually I did have to cut it out because I went with the opposite argument, um, which is that for the purposes of my PhD at least, it makes more of a sound argument to argue that Cosette is a cisgender straight white woman because a lot of the work that I've been doing has been um, uh, unsilencing the text. I believe that was Robert Stamm. And so basically what he was talking about with that is that like it's not about finding or appropriating Hugo's text to talk about um race and gender. It's about unsilencing the stuff that was already there. Like we've we done with the like slavery stuff, you know, it was there, it was just not talked about. Mm. Um, and one thing that is there and not talked about is the fact that Cosette is a beautiful white woman with the palest skin you've ever seen and the bluest eyes you've ever seen. (laughs) And how important it is when you're talking about race throughout the novel, when Eponine in particular is racialized the whole time as being someone who is like dark and other and a savage and all these kind of things, is to say it's really important that Cosette, who lives and carries on the noble French bloodline, is white Mm. and she is beautiful and i really really do want to do readings where cosette is a person of color and she loves herself and she is trans and she loves herself but i eventually came to the conclusion that unfortunately we're not there yet (laughs) Mm. um which really sucks because that's why i started this phd i really wanted to get there but um hopefully in the future
0: yeah What if you say something really, like, good and profound, I'm always just like, thanks. (laughs) But that's how it always feels, like, thank you for sharing and, like, telling me your thought process. Yeah, It's very interesting and cool, but I can't say what that's sounding fake. (laughs) But I am, thank you.
1: (laughs) I am, you're welcome.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, because there's, like... She did realize for herself looking in the mirror before she was listening to anyone else. Mm. But I guess it is a thing of like well but it's not just that she's like you know what I feel great. Mm. She is like undeniably categorically like she just yeah. like she is beautiful and like I know well I don't know we'll get there, the, the Hugo's <laughs> argument for who gets to live and die but <laughs> yeah as you're saying like yeah. the bar of entry is that you've got to be young and hot <laughs> Yeah, yeah,
1: young, hot, and with the palest skin. Hello, e- mm-hmm. yeah. Andrelas dies, and he is, if anything, the most closely described similarly as um, Cosette. As
0: Cosette, yeah. yeah. He was too outspoken. <laughs>
1: he was too gay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's probably that. um so yeah, I guess we'll we'll feel all these because, th- th- like, yeah. Also, reading all these like descriptions of Cosette being mm. like, "I'm hot," and like, so now she's like, "Okay, first the first symptom showed itself now that she's realized she's hot," um, <laughs> and it is the first symptom uh, in this translation. That she's like, okay, now that I'm definitely beautiful, I am gonna need to pay attention to fashion. Yeah. So then she like gets really big in the clothes and is like she really quickly just like learns it all, like what I should be wearing, what clothes are suitable for what, what colours are flattering, and um, Hugo just fucking loves Paris, okay? Um he's like, this is the knowledge that makes a Parisian woman something so charming, so deep, so dangerous. <laughs> the words captivating woman were invented for Parisians. Oh my god. <laughs> that is that thing where she's, you know, she's high femme, I guess. Mm. <laughs> and... Because I guess the, the symptom of all of these things of like, of the couple, the like fix that I was reading, I was focusing on the um, the gay man, so less of a look in of how fandom treats Kazette, But mm. it's these kind of things that at least very modern day, and also kind of you know with Hugo being like the first symptom of what's going on with Kazette, yeah. is that like we hate of women like being into. Very feminine things, yeah. So I guess as I was reading it, all this stuff, I was kind of interested with of like, does everyone kind of hate on Cazette for it? Yeah, <laughs> that's an answer.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I feel like when she's paired with Eponine, there is that like lesbian butch femme dynamic that does happen. Mm. But I mean, like categorically, like. I did actually calculate this at one point. It was slightly higher than I Im- first imagined, but like it's something like 5% of Lemis fix are female, female ones. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> they're not long. I mean, to my knowledge, there are no eponine cosette fix that are like mainstay fix like the like ER or Valvaire have. Mm-hmm. The main fix in Lemo's fandom, you have um, ER, then you have Valvaire, then you have like all of the boys shipped together, and I feel <laughs> like you get to the end of the boys being shipped together. Maybe um, Jolie Bossuet Machete is even higher than Cosette and Eponine, mm-hmm. and like if Cosette isn't a fix, she's it's usually in a Javert Jean Valjean fix where yeah. she is paired with Marius. And she has a bit of like, I'm a feminist character, you can't tell me what to do. But not really.
0: <laughs> but not like, <laughs> what is it in fix where it's like flame fic for this character? Or what would the tag be when it'd be like, uh, like cassette bashing or whatever? Oh,
1: yeah, not really. There was a lot of okay. that on um, Tumblr. And I feel like that was a 2012 um, era. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, when the film came out, there was quite a lot of, like, oh, the stupid, dumb girl, she doesn't know what she is, and she's so stupid, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Fix respect her in a way, but don't really, like, elaborate on her, which is yeah. kind of a disrespect.
0: <laughs> yeah. Because then I guess even, like, you know, getting into the- all of that with the, like, here's Kazette who's like, you know what, I'm cute. And mm. I'm going to get into fashion. Even me bringing that up of the like, oh, well, like, I feel like Hugo's not into that. And I'm sure the fan, like, some people will be like, oh, tut, tut. But then it is like, in the greater thing of Le Mis, you're like, as you had just said, you know, it is important to remember that she is like this beautiful white woman that you're like, there's bigger things going on, mm. like bigger issues. I don't know if I described that well. The like, taking the time to be like... We hate love to hate a woman <laughs> being a woman, yeah. um but then also like, which is true, um, but, yeah, when there's like race things going on and the all the poverty stuff and et cetera, et cetera. Mm, et cetera mm. there's like a thing that I was thinking about as reading as while reading her chapters, but um. Giving that a bit of space, but then also being like, I'm not gonna make this the hill I die on.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I mean, I I think that she's a hard one because right now I really love her, and I really I actually think that she's written quite well, despite Hugo, <laughs> in spite of Hugo, but really like after these few chapters she does become like just a girl whose only purpose is to like be maneuvered around the board Mm -hmm. she seems to lose all of her brain cells um, and I will have more to say to, about mm-hmm. her like way later, but yeah, I, I I like this this version of Cosette, the one that we yeah. see when she's like deciding who she is for herself, and, and yeah. she still has freedom, and she still has like demands of the world and stuff.
0: Okay, so we'll see when we get to it. Yeah. Well, right now she's like, I know it all. These are the outfits, and Jean <laughs> Valjean has never denied her anything. Yeah. So he's like, Yeah, of course. And in less than a month, she's not only become one of the prettiest women in Paris, but she's become one of the best dressed, which is a big deal. Yeah. The truth is, she was ravishing in every respect. And she had a wonderful ability to, to dist- distinguish between hats. <laughs> <laughs> and Jean-Paul, like, bless him there, like These chapters with this change in Cazette. I guess in the same way that we're like, oh, we'll, we'll see what Cosette's character does. Jean Valjean is also kind of like, ah, like he's anxious. He's not happy about it, but he doesn't stop her. So mm. I really respect that. Like I do, I respect the most when it's like something doesn't come naturally to you, but you're like, I know that this is in this other person's best interest. This is a me problem. Yeah. This is a Jean Valjean problem. Yeah. Yeah the same way that he was like now i can't leave her in this convent like if she wants to live life like i can't stop that yeah. it's not fair of me that he's like full of anxiety yeah yeah <laughs> over all of this yeah
1: i i i agree i think it's yeah he's he's such it's it's such an interesting like something that you can't get from anything but the book is the fact that he appears really stoic and cool (laughs) and it's just like yeah Gazette go and live whatever life you want but on the inside we do get to see Mm. that that it's not easy for him to make these choices and that thing that we definitely talked about quite a lot at the beginning where he was like oh fuck this is the hardest choice I've ever had to make in my life even though like I think every adaptation kind of makes him seem like Jesus where he's just like um oh yeah sure I can do that like I'll make this hard decision um, or like, I'll just be a good person. Um, but it's an act of choice, a hard yeah. choice that he has to make every single time to be as good as he is.
0: Yeah, he's the. Is it? I don't. I can't remember exactly what water bird is used in the. But that, like, he's like a duck where you're looking at him oh, swimming yeah. on the lake, and you're like so graceful. And then under the water, the feet are just like frantically paddling, yeah. just like, ah! I think it's swan. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he would describe himself as a swan, but no. we know that he is a swan. Yes, yes. Because uh... also, he will beat you with that wingspan <laughs> if he's got to protect his little guzzling, or whatever you call a baby swan. Yeah, yeah. <gasps> and he's got the white hair, so. He does have the white hair. Oh, kind of along those lines, though. He feels like He's only gonna ever be able to crawl or maybe walk, whereas he's seeing a winged casette emerging. Mm. He's this one who never learned how to fly. No, his wings got clipped. His
1: wings got clipped. Oh my god! I, I, yeah. I mean, I know this is like a very obvious thing to say, but he really did save a kid <laughs> and make sure that she grew up to do whatever the fuck she wanted, yeah. and is just letting her do that and like is looking at her and being like man if only because we don't even see we don't see his life before he he was like 17 ish like we don't ever see him the same age that cosette was like it was already too late for him Mm. (laughs) there was no point in this narrative where another choice could have been made like we 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 see the flashback of him helping the um his daughter his um sister's Kids, his nieces and nephews, but already at that point, he's already like older than Cosette is here.
0: Yeah. So
1: he's already like, oh, he's already set her up for life, a life that he, we've never seen him be able to have. Oh. Mm. And he tried to do that with, oh wait, has it happened yet? No, it hasn't happened yet.
0: Oh. <laughs> Exciting scenes.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's just trying to save all the kids from. No. From from having his life. Uh,
0: she'll fly, but she'll come fly back and visit you, one Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, if you've really studied the way that Cosette dressed, you could tell that she's not got a mom.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: There's just some proprieties and particular conventions that she's not observing. Mm. For instance... My mother would have told her that a young girl does not wear a mask. Okay, I'm like, okay, we're not wearing a de- mask. Well, actually, I guess I should be wearing a mask. I am not young anymore.
1: <laughs> what <laughs> um, is the mask? It's, uh, a, it's type a type of, of fabric, fabric. Mm. a reversible pattern fabric of silk, wool, linen, cotton, or f- synthetic fibers. Is it an old person fabric?
0: Yeah, old biddy fabric, I guess. <laughs> Like she, the first time she wears her black damask gown, she's like radiant and dazzling, and she's on Jean Valjean's arm, and she's like, "Father, how do I look?" And he replies in a voice that sounded like the bitter voice of envy, "Charming." Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which feeds back into the Jean Valjean as the evil stepmother <laughs> piece that we were—I was writing before we got to the swan that's letting his daughter do what she wants. Yeah,
1: it, it is kind of funny, like I feel like there is a version that you could do where Jean Valjean fully looks like the evil stepmother um, but like yeah, you go into his brain and it's just like anxiety. Like
0: Yeah. He doesn't act any differently on their walk though. And then on the way back he's like, won't you wear that dress with that bonnet of yours? You know the one. <laughs> and she's like, I think the fuck not.
1: (laughs) I burnt it.
0: (laughs) That terrible little uniform. I look like a crazy old woman if I wear that. (laughs) Absolutely not. And he's like, oh. (laughs) And then he sort of, he starts to notice that Cosette, who in the past always wanted to stay home, now she does want to go on walks out. Because, like, what's the use of having a pretty face and a lovely dress if nobody sees them? (laughs) Yeah. So, Insta-model, Gazette. Yeah. Uh, And so she'll go in the sort of like front garden bit that looks out the gate of their house a little bit more. Mm. Meanwhile, (laughs) retiring Jean Valjean does not set foot in the garden. He stays in the backyard like a dog. (laughs)
1: Uh, I mean, he's graduated um, before when he was like walking around before he meets the bishop tries to get into that kennel and is like oh, yeah. um I'm not even good I'm not I'm not even as good as a dog so oh. you know he's upgraded
0: to a kennel yeah. little steps yeah <laughs> little paws
1: <laughs> woof woof
0: <laughs> but you know now that cosette knows she's beautiful she has lost that grace of being <laughs> unaware of it yeah for beauty enhanced by naivete is beyond <laughs> expression and nothing is so adorable as a creature of radiant innocence going about holding the key to paradise and not knowing it <laughs> you creep
1: you go the lolly con.
0: <laughs> oh but he's like i guess like what she's lost in that she's gained in pensive and serious charm So she's very beautiful, but in a splendid, melancholy way. So Uh I guess that's what we're into right now. (laughs) And it's at this point, after six months, that Marius saw her in the Luxembourg Gardens. Uh Uh-huh. So we, I feel like there was a lot, like we've, you've mentioned these chapters so many times before that I I think it makes sense that we kind of luxuriated in them and like Mm. took time to unpick them. Yeah. Yeah. Because, oh my god, are we getting back into as next time?
1: Oh, I, I knew it was coming, so I was like trying to stave it away for as long <laughs> yeah. as
0: possible. It could have been today, but we've had a lot of good chat, maybe. Yeah. You had a lot of good chat.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, this, this was a key chapter to, mm. to why this podcast began. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. Do you any more nuggets of wisdom in there? Hmm. <laughs> of thoughts? Not really, (laughs) evidently.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we have a couple more chapters where Cosette is someone that is really
0: interesting. And then he remembers that he's got boy characters.
1: Yeah, yeah, literally. (laughs) And then everyone has to go and die, so...
0: Oh, you're so full of anxiety about it, Jean Valjean. Well... I'm glad for Cosette that she's getting a little tiny slither of some chapters to be like, you know what, I'm going to have a good time, because it's not going to (laughs) last.
1: It is kind of funny, like, obviously this is just how plot works, but you know the meme of the, like, domino, like, going into, like, the big, like, knocking Mm. over the big thing? It's like, Cosette... Accidentally looks at herself in the mirror, thinks maybe I'm beautiful, and then the big one is, Javert dies.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ten thousand dead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Because if she if she hadn't thought of
1: herself beautiful, if she had continued like wearing the clothes even for like a month longer, and she and Jean Valjean wouldn't have left this garden. They would just like be still having their chats on the night of the barricades. Marius would just die. <laughs> Javert would still probably be captured as a spy, but there would be nobody to save him, so he'd just be shot. And then the barricade would fall anyway, and yeah, so everyone would die. <laughs> Cause that's beauty saves lives, I guess.
0: Yeah, I guess you thought it was going to be the opposite, but yeah. actually... Mm. I guess, so Javert would have been there regard like he he wasn't there because he was like maybe jean Valjean's there he was just doing his police job yes yeah okay
1: uh but Andrew Davies would love you to believe that (laughs) Javert's only purpose in life like you never got that far but there was a line um when the barricades are being erected in the BBC Les where BBC Javert is like um revet his like lieutenant Lieutenant um, his lieutenant, is like, "Oh, um, the barricades are ri- rising. We don't have time to deal with your like little fetch quest to deal with Jean Valjean." And Javert is like, "Don't you understand? Everything leads back to him."
0: Oh my god, iconic! <laughs>
1: he fully <laughs> believes that Jean Valjean is like the underground leader of the revolution.
0: <laughs> all crime, all the time. Yeah, bad Santa. <laughs>
1: ooh, Santa!
0: <laughs> so Cosette's beauty saved one life, but would Jean Valjean have saddded himself to death if mm. Cosette was just still living in the garden with him?
1: okay, no, because Marius is dead she would have she would probably find another man. I'm gonna say that like this this finding her beauty is inevitable.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it is
1: because we're gonna have chapters really soon where she's like Marius, who's that, and like just goes and like finds other dudes that she finds hot. So I think that she would find a an, an, a, a suitable gentleman, and without Marius's like, he's the reason that Jean Valjean sads himself to death.
0: Without <gasps> all of
1: that, mm. then like they would have an equitable like arrangement. And even if they didn't live together, Jean Valjean would still visit Gazette all the time and, like, maybe allow himself to, like, have one degree of happiness. And it just wouldn't end up the same way. <laughs> so. Oh,
0: man with less baggage.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Why couldn't it have been any of these other lieutenants of Enjolas uh, <laughs> who happened to stumble into that part? <laughs> yeah. Are there those fix.
1: There must be. I'm not sure. I don't think I've ever seen Cosette shipped with anyone apart from Marius or Eponine.
0: Ah. I, I saw a fix that was Eponine and Combeferre.
1: Yeah, that's quite a big one.
0: Oh, is it? Okay. Ooh, interested. And,
1: I mean, there were, like, people died because at one point it was, like, a big thing to ship Andras and Eponine. It was, like, huge factions of people.
0: Oh. Um, when when we stumble upon a bit in the book that created a faction or a drama yeah. in the fandom, yeah. you have to teach it to me, you have to tell me, I'm not going to know
1: <laughs> Yeah, that's true, that is true There are quite a few fics that imagine um, Cosette and Andreas as actually being blood-related Um, Mm,
0: That came up in a couple of the fics that I read, actually.
1: Because they are described so similarly. Yeah. A lot of people are like, what if they were torn away from each other as children? Mm. Um,
0: And there was a lot of, uh, in those ones, I feel like the couple I read, it was more like modern day. And that Injolos is like, I have to deal with Marius in my (laughs) life. (laughs) was the vibe. For sure, it's 100%
1: Anjolas being like, oh, cool, I've gained a sister. I have also gained a brother-in-law.
0: But then Anjolas, well, I guess we'll see how it goes, but (laughs) out of character, those fix. because Anjolas was out here like, I was really relying on Marius to to talk to the people at the bridge, and you're like, what? (laughs) Yeah, what Hugo? You're writing out of character. All those fanfics are more in character. <laughs> yeah, it's true.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Canonically, Andrelas actually does think that Marius <laughs> is capable.
0: Which is what, ha- which to be fair, I guess is how the—that's how the musical movie came across to me.
1: It's how everyone, I think, is supposed to read the novel. I think you're supposed to think Marius is like a competent and delightful young man. <laughs>
0: How am I meant to believe that when I'm seeing his POV? (laughs) Like, Hugo, you can't expect that of me when I'm literally watching him cry in a field for, (laughs) like, untold chapters. Over a poem. Well, look forward to more Marius next chapter, lads. Yeah. Unfortunately, he is a protagonist. (laughs) (laughs) Against our will. Well... R.I.P. Jean Valjean's anxiety-less existence. Yeah. He had a good couple months.
1: Yeah. He had some years, we just didn't get to see it.
0: Okay. Oh, well, I'm glad he had a couple years.
1: Yeah. I think so, right? Because, oh. Between
0: 14 and 15, he
1: had maybe a year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he had that time in the convent as well.
0: Yeah, he he was pretty happy in there. And he had his husband. He did. <laughs> yeah. He's like, Fush Levant would have known how to deal with this. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's true, Mother. Between them, both being, like, straddling both mother and father roles, Mm. she's got a whole dad and a whole mom.
1: Yeah. Or just, like, five moms, six dads. That was one of the lines, right? That, like, because she grew up in the convent, Mm. Cosette
0: had, like, five moms. Many mothers, small case, but... No. Mom. Yeah. Well, um,
1: this has been Brandon Barricades, a <laughs> podcast, podcast, uh, where I desperately try and assign Jean Valjean mom friend. If you like this episode, you can donate to our Ko-fi or our Patreon and pretend like you're Jean Valjean buying us a dress. <laughs> if you have any comments questions or quibbles i don't really know have we raised anything that well we always raise something that we can be quibbled our 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 fact status isn't amazing um you can send us an email lamenesspodcasts at gmail.com or on twitter at l-e-s-m-i-s podcast or on Tumblr at Brendan Barake. Or audio designer is Jade, who you can find on her website jadewasabi.com or on her bandcamp, jadewasabi.bandcamp.com. And if you like this podcast, you can give us a five star review. That would be helpful. Thank you.
0: Thanks.
1: I was like, hmm, not heard from Stevie for a while. Maybe the line died. Well
0: Oh no. <laughs> My brain was just like You meant to now say thank you, booting up, (laughs) booting up, booting up, (laughs) speak. (laughs)